Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back. I am here today with Jim Roach, who is campus minister over in Grisadec. And we have invited him here so that we can learn a little bit about an initiative that is going to be happening very, very soon, the Ignatian Family Teaching for Justice. So welcome, Jim. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. And why don't you tell us, first of all, a little bit about your own background here at SLU, and then we'll jump right into the Ignatian Family Teaching. Well, I started working here as a campus minister in August of 2015, and that November was the first teach-in I attended in 2015, and I've gone to every one since. As a campus minister in a first-year residence hall, I, like all the campus ministers, I do a little bit of a lot of stuff. I'm involved in our retreat program. I co-direct the Ignatian Family Teaching for Justice Experience. I lead an immersion trip every spring, and then I oversee our department's bereavement ministry. And then lots of other stuff kind of jumps on my plate and jumps off in a given year and so it's cool stuff yeah so that's a lot of years doing this yeah so what exactly is the ignatian family teaching give us kind of an overview so the ignatian family teaching for justice is the largest catholic social advocacy conference annually in the united states okay uh, it is comprised jesuit universities and schools and high schools from all across the country, and then I believe some internationally as well, will come to the teach-in on a yearly basis to learn, to be energized, to network, to educate themselves, to dig deeper into how all the ways that faith could, might, and does intersect with public policy. And then they spend a little bit of time at the end of the time advocating on Capitol Hill with our with their legislators and senators, representatives, those staffs and everything. So um, that is the teaching. It is a smorgasbord of excited and pumped up high school and college students that are energized about their faith and looking to learn more and dig deeper into what it means to be a, a faith that does justice and uh, to carry out the mission of Micah 6-8. So. So we'll have student leaders that apply to be leaders that have done the experience previously. And then it's an application process run out of the Department of Campus Ministry. And then we take people from all, all walks of life. We're not looking for like the social justice warriors to do this. But if you're curious, if you're sufficiently curious about like how faith and social advocacy can intersect and you want to dig deeper into it, like that, that's great. And uh, happy to have anyone like that on board. So how many students are going? This year, we have about 40 students going, and our delegation is its largest it's ever been. I'd say five years ago, we were taking maybe 25, 26 students, so we're, we're bumping it up. It's got a lot of interest, and a lot of people hear about it and want to do it, or for a few, they went to a Jesuit high school, and then they did the teaching at the Jesuit high school, and so they want to get involved with it at SLU. One of our leaders, actually, that was her first experience at the teaching was from her high school. And now she's gone with us. And now she's a leader her second time around for SLU. So it's a combination, I'm guessing, of seminars. Seminars, workshops, uh, talks, some liturgical elements. They do celebrate a mass there. And then there's booths for people that are looking to do 
like what are you doing after graduation? Uh, JVC is there, uh, Amate House is there, and those are the two that come off the top of my head, but there are dozens of organizations there that are looking to kind of catch the fire of these students while, while it's burning hot and see where life may take them next. Oh my gosh. Does it get on the radar of the politicians before you end up talking about that? I'd say it does get on the radar. Um, our student leaders are, are really good and really primed at uh, getting those meetings scheduled for students that are in their groups. And we actually had an example last year of one group that advocated for a rep to sign on to, to co-sponsor a bill that was currently kind of working its way through the House and then got noticed a few weeks later that the staff for that representative wrote back and said, just want to let you know she's going to sign on to it and, and be a co-sponsor to it. And thank you for alerting us to this. Like we would not have known about it otherwise. So it's cool when that stuff kind of works out and the students get to see like, huh, that little thing I did really made a quite an impact. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So describe your experience with some of the students that you've had over the years. Well, last year, one of our groups had a meeting with a representative's office that most of the people in the group, if not all the people in the group, did not remotely share uh, the worldview or political allegiances or no crossover almost between this person that they're going to go visit and them. They were kind of like, uh, oh, do we go? Like, it's probably going to be really bad, awkward. And they consistently say, like, that was the best experience out of the whole teaching was just getting to talk in that office with the crazy decor and uh, everything that it, it was cool to see that, like that we could have that experience and they would listen to us, even though we went in thinking, what would they care about this stuff? So we get usually get stuff like that every year where somebody will have a meeting that goes unusually well from their preconceptions and or they'll have a seminar that they're in and be like, huh, this totally opened like a, a new perspective on an issue that I care about deeply. And now I've got this whole other rabbit trail to go down that I was never even aware of before. And so it knocks down load bearing walls and gives them more space to explore uh, where and how social advocacy can be used for good and how we can participate in the work of the kingdom. So that's fantastic, right? Yeah. Isn't that what we're trying to do here on campus is both model and encourage and then actually adopt the idea that differing opinions need to come and sit around the same table and have a conversation. Yep. It's fantastic. And it's cool to see our students take it in such a way that our job no longer is motivating them if it ever was. But my job is to kind of give some broad parameters on like where the motivation could be pointed toward and then just say, let's go find out and see what you see. And let's talk about it. And I'm a big believer in these students being treated like adults and getting to do this on their own. And I or no other campus minister goes to Capitol Hill with them. Uh, they schedule the meetings themselves. They pitch it to the legislators themselves. They hone their pitches themselves. We help them in the preparation, but when it's go time, it's, it's, it's all them. They're adults. Wow. That's really fabulous. So they come back to campus and do you see that Things have shifted in the way they think and the way they see and the way they interact. And I, I here's where I'm coming from on that. Like, I've been very um, stuck on this concept of Jesuit universities being a project of transformation, social transformation. So I'm always kind of on the lookout for where there's evidence of that around SLU. So can you speak to that at all? So if, if a student is on a certain trajectory in life and they go to the teach-in and it like adjusts their trajectory maybe one or two degrees in a direction 
like at the start, there's not going to be much of a discernible difference like I can see. But then, as we know, our Lord plays the long game. And so, like, well, at some point, I have to have faith that this seed is going to sprout somewhere along the line. Uh, and I have no idea where. I kind of think of this as like a, a lifetime thing. Like, at somewhere along the line, this is going to, this is going to have an impact, a big one for these students in whatever, wherever circles they end up running in, in the future. And uh, that maybe it's slew and it may not be at slew. If I get to see it, what a blessing. Right. If I don't, that's okay. Somebody will see it. That's wise. So how have you been transformed with your experience with the teaching? It's consistently re-energizing to, to get to see our students learn about themselves and learn that, yeah, I do have the skill set and the chops to do this. And, that, and they're like, they don't have to be stereotypical, like, oh, I've, I'm a political junkie and I follow politics. Like sure, some of them are, but some of them are like, I've really, never really paid much attention to this stuff before. And for them to see that they have a knack for it and they can pitch in, uh, even when it, when it might not be within what they would consider their natural skill set is uh, tremendously invigorating. And, you know, it's, it's fun to get to help shape leaders and see, see where they take it from there. So to have a role to play in that is just a, a tremendous blessing and a joy. So to get to see that kind of take shape every year and then see like, well, I wonder who out of this group now will be applying for leadership next year and where might they want to kind of further push the football. Possibilities are quite open. That's very cool. So let me backpedal a little bit. So of the 40 students that are going, how many of them are returning leaders and how many are first timers? Six are returning leaders. And then I guess the remaining uh, 33, 34 are uh, first time. Yeah. Okay. And is, what's the time frame on it? Oh yeah. We fly out early on Saturday morning. Oh, uh, they fly to DC and get there and they have some time to explore the city. And then the teaching starts uh, that Saturday evening and then goes all day Sunday. And then Monday, they spend half the day on the hill and then they they come back to the hotel, change out of their clothes real fast, eat a late lunch. And then we're heading back to the airport to catch a flight back to St. Louis on Monday night. Oh my gosh. I had no idea it was that fast. Yeah. It's a whirlwind. So altogether, it's got to be close to a thousand people or more than a thousand. Maybe about 2000 people. Has a bit of a pep rally atmosphere with, of course, the high schoolers being there and doing what high schools do. And so if this is called the family teaching, does that mean that there are parents involved? My familiarity was it just being called the Ignatian teaching for justice, but the family thing was new to me. Yeah, I best as I can understand, the family piece comes from that the Jesuit colleges, universities, high schools, like the family of Jesuit schools. So it's the Ignatian family teaching for justice. Right. Family goes with Ignatian. Right. Okay. So what are the dates for this? October 22nd to the 24th. So if I am a faculty member or a student listening to this and I want to possibly get involved in the future, what do I do? You could contact me at jim.roach at slu.edu. Be on the lookout for our application when it opens midway through the spring semester. I'm happy to take further questions. We work really hard for this to be a nonpartisan. You don't have to subscribe to a particular political ideology to take part in this because the gospel of our Lord just cuts across clean through all the 
American-ish political categories we may have, and that as much as they might like to think so, no political party has the squatter's rights on what on what social justice means. Social justice from a Christian Catholic perspective serves as to critique all manner of political ideologies and affirm and challenge them in all manner of ways. So it's not something where you have to be part of the left or the right to think, oh, I can get on board with this, but that's very important to, to state and to reiterate that uh, it's absolutely nonpartisan. There's a lot of injustice to go around to be claimed by any and every political party and every political stripe, so. Ain't that the truth. Yep. Yeah. Let's tie this into the mission statement. So SLU's mission statement includes the idea that SLU is about the pursuit of truth for the greater glory of God and for the service of humanity as we are forming men and women for and with others. Yeah. I would say that this Ignatian Family Teaching for Justice experience is one of the kind of most concise examples of what it means for people to pursue truth for the greater glory of God and for the, the well-being of humanity and for creation. In that uh, we regularly have non-Christians, non-Catholics take part in it. Last year we had a student leader who was Muslim, a student leader who was Hindu, a couple of Catholics, and uh, man, they were incredible together. Uh, so it's something where, yeah, we're welcome for anyone to take part in it. And it, it sort of presupposes that our work as, well, speaking for myself, my work as a Christian has to depend on not just what do I know, but how do I apply it? And then I have to be open from learning from non-Christians as well. Like in, in Acts chapter 17, when Paul addresses the Europagus in Athens, he first spent some time going around the city and learning about them and their culture and the gods that they worshiped. And he kind of uses, uses that as a springboard to get to who God is and what God requires of them. So all throughout scripture and at the teaching as well, there's this sense of like, all truth is God's truth. And God invites us to have a role to play in furthering the work of his kingdom and bringing about a renewal and pushing back against injustice. And it sounds crazy to me that the Lord would have us take part in that because it does not sound very efficient, but it's nevertheless a blessing. And it's, it's cool to model that for our students and for this teaching experience to be just a little encapsulation of kind of how, if we could cram our mission, action, point in a direction, and for three days, live it out, it would look a whole lot like this. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't think our God is really about efficiency. I mean, the incarnation was terribly inefficient. <laughs> yeah. That's good news for us because we're not efficient either, but. I think what I'm loving hearing about this is that it is community building. It is advocacy. It is hands-on action. It's dialogue and conversation. It's good discernment. So I'm hearing hints of consolation, desolation in there too. Mm -hmm. So there's just an awful lot in there and maybe the umbrella for all of it, both the faith that does justice but also being able to seek and find God in all things. Yeah. All ends of the political spectrum, all ends of the religious spectrum. Finding God in all things, for me anyway, kind of helps keep me holding tightly to a sense of humility. Like finding God in all things seems to presuppose that wherever I go to start to work for justice, God's already been there and right. is already doing something. And right. so how can I cooperate with this work of wherever God is working in this, as opposed to thinking, okay, I've showed up now the church is here and let's get rolling. And like, 
there's nothing. No, 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 no. There's God already working. So finding God in all things. Yeah, that that is such a, a good grounding point for where from where to proceed. Yeah. Okay. Anything else before we kind of wrap this up? I'd say it, for the students, we work hard to make this an invigorating experience, an experience where they don't have to feel like they got to be experts to pitch in. And it's a it's a safe place to learn new skills and to take new risks. And it's great for leadership development. It's great to see the work of the church kind of spread out in all sorts of different ways that usually don't get a lot of press. And uh, you can't go to this and not come up with a, a lot of new perspectives on just how the work of pursuing justice continues. Well, I'll look forward to hearing how it went. And in the meantime, I guess I wish on behalf of the rest of SLU, wish all of you good luck, safe travels. Um, may it be a really, really grace-filled time and hope-filled time and keep doing all the good work that you're doing. To God be the glory. And thank you for having me on this podcast to talk about something so near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Thank you very, very much for being here. I'm grateful for your time. Thank you. All right. And for all of you listening, don't forget to follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud, but seems to be hidden in plain sight, give us a heads up so we can highlight the good work being done here in our community. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, in this year of hope, let's continue to celebrate together the gift of walking with youth in the creation of a hope-filled future. Because mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.